It's looking more and more like the Chicago Bears won't have Cole Komet or Darnell Mooney on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. So we're putting together a game plan for how the Chicago Bears can still win without having two of their top weapons. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can find Locked On Bears on any and all of your favorite social media platforms, including the Locked On Bears YouTube channel, where you can keep up with all of our daily video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On the show today, we look at what the game might look like for the Chicago Bears, potentially without Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, the two top weapons or two of the top weapons for the Bears not practicing on Wednesday or Thursday as we record this podcast. We don't know their exact game status, but when those guys are not participating in practice at all, certainly doesn't look likely that they'll be able to go. And if they are able to go, definitely not going to be at 100%. So we'll look at what this Bears offense might look like without them. We'll look at what this Bears defense needs to do against a Falcons offense that certainly has some big-time weapons to be weary of. And then we'll go into some of the specific one-on-one matchups on both sides of the ball that will go a long way towards determining who wins this game. But I want to start with a Bears offense likely missing Komet and Mooney. As far as the injury report goes, they're the main guys there. Lucas Patrick was limited with a knee injury, but presumably trending in the right direction here and should be good to go. Equinemius St. Brown's practicing with an injury. And for the most part, this Bears team is really healthy. Tevin Jenkins practicing in full as he's dealing with a concussion. So he could be ready to return against the Falcons. It's mainly Mooney and Komet. And while certainly DJ Moore is your top target, your top weapon, and the most important non-quarterback in this Bears offense, you're certainly going to be missing something valuable by not having Cole Komet, who's coming off of a great game, just this past week against the Arizona Cardinals, and Darnell Mooney, who has been struggling, but still offers, at the very least, a threat, if not someone who we still think is capable of some high-level wide receiver play. But as we go into this matchup with the Atlanta Falcons specifically, this is a team that's very zone-heavy in terms of coverage and how they defend opposing quarterbacks. They don't stick into a lot of man-to-man. They do some, right? It's not 0%, but it's on the lower end of the league. So, It's going to be a lot of zone dropping back for Justin Fields, which I think will be a good test for him in terms of seeing how well he's able to do more anticipation type throws. I believe, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe every touchdown he's thrown this season has been against man coverage or has been in the red zone. But I don't know that he's thrown a touchdown against a zone coverage play so far this season. I mean, he hasn't been able to move the ball against zone. It just so happens that some of his best stuff is at man because he's he's a quarterback who needs to see it before you can throw it. It doesn't always anticipate early enough to 
get perfect timing and, and spot placement against zone coverage. Doesn't mean he can't do it. It's about consistency and how often he does it. But he's much better against man coverage. And so when it's a lot of zone, it's going to test some of his anticipation there, especially when there's a good free safety back there like Jesse Bates, who's having a really great season for them on the back end. Intercepted a lot of passes and will take advantage of mistakes that the quarterback makes. With that zone also means there's going to be a lot of eyes on the quarterback. You know, in man coverage, you're turning your back to the quarterback and running with the receiver. In zone, you're watching the QB. So if he takes off in scrambles, you're more able to respond to that. It doesn't mean it's going to eliminate the scrambles by any means. And we've seen the Atlanta Falcons struggle this season against mobile quarterbacks. So it's still going to be a big part of Justin Fields' game and Bears offensive game plan in this game. But there will be more eyes reacting to Fields. So maybe does that mean fewer explosive scrambles? You just got to make a couple guys miss, whether it's man or zone coverage. Eventually they find him anyway, but maybe some less clear and obvious scrambling lanes and maybe slightly fewer big time, big play scrambles as a result. The Falcons don't blitz a ton. They blitz about as much as the Bears. So, you know, a little bit here and there. They don't really do a lot of cover zero all out blitzes, though. They like to leave at least one safety in there. A lot of do a lot of two deep safety coverages. Bates is roaming around there pretty much at all times. So if the blitz comes, it's not going to be like overload everyone there, which would might which might limit fields a little bit more, which we saw the Cardinals do a lot of last week. They're a heavy zone. They're a heavy, you know, heavy pressure team. We've seen the Vikings do a lot of that against Fields as well. There shouldn't be as much of that here against the Falcons, which should give Fields some time here in the pocket. And to me, then, it's all about the timing with DJ Moore. That getting him perhaps matched up on the Falcons rookie cornerback Clark Phillips can be advantage there. Like obviously the Falcons want AJ Terrell on him as much as possible, but they kind of move their guys around and the Bears move their receivers around. So it's not going to be a shadow type situation where Terrell follows DJ Moore all over the field. So getting some of those matchups with the rookie cornerback and then having really precise timing between a quarterback and a number one receiver that has spent a lot of time working together this season should be the key for this Bears offense getting the passing game going. Yeah, we're going to see more Tyler Scott, I'm sure. And we saw Tyler Scott and Fields start to have some connection in the fourth quarter against the Browns a couple of weeks ago. So it'd be nice to be able to build on that at the receiver position, but it feels like it's going to be a DJ Moore heavy day for this Bears passing game because not a lot of the rest of the receivers really give you a ton of confidence in that regard. Same kind of thing at tight end. I don't know that we at home trust Robert Tanyan all that much, given generally how poorly he's played this season, but then specifically how he dropped that deep bomb against the Cleveland Browns. I'm sure the Bears will go to him. I'm just not going to have high expectations for him to produce a ton in Colcomet's spot. And obviously, Mercedes Lewis has limitations at, at almost age 40 now. He's not going to be Cole Komet out there. But I'm curious to see, like, how they scheme up this offense because so often, like, Komet is in the right place at the right time on a route concept to be open, and it, it works out very well for him. And if you put someone else in some of those same positions, can they recreate some of what Cole Komet does? I mean, how much of it is Cole Komet individually running a great route or being you know faster than someone, and how much of it is him doing exactly what's told of him to a very high level. And can someone else like Robert Tanyan maybe come in and unlock a little bit more of Robert Tanyan of the years past? Or are we just going to see, man, no one but DJ Moore can do anything in the passing game in this Bears offense. And it's going to be another like heavy dose of running the ball with Khalil Herbert, uh, Roshan Johnson, maybe Deontay Foreman and Justin Fields kind of carrying the offense along as best they can, given the lack of, of consistently proven depth anywhere else on the roster that'll be healthy for this game against the Falcons. They'll need somebody to step up. And to me, Tyler Scott feels like the most likely guy there. 
I don't know that Equinemius St. Brown or Valus Jones or Trent Taylor have it really in them. And Robert Tanyan has it in them. We just don't have a lot of reason to be confident in him in this game. So it's the it's the DJ Moore show. And the Falcons know that too. So you can be sure they're going to key in on DJ Moore quite a bit. And it's up to Luke Getze and Justin Fields to find ways to make it work without Mooney and Komet. A lot of that too then needs to come from the Bears defense. Not only holding down the Falcons offense and not letting them score much, but maybe gifting the Bears offense some better field position and extra possessions via turnovers or just generally high-level defense. We'll look at what this Bears defense can expect against the Atlanta Falcons offense next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs because they have all the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I'm on LinkedIn. I bet you're on LinkedIn. And if you're not, many of your friends, family members, and coworkers are all on LinkedIn. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It's not like just another job board here. LinkedIn knows that small businesses wearing a lot of different hats. And so you might not have a ton of time and resources to focus in on hiring. So LinkedIn made the process intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions to make the process go that much faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This Chicago Bears defense has been so reliable for the Bears all season long. And really, the Bears and Falcons are kind of in a similar position where they've been able to rely on their defense pretty much all year. And then it's a matter of how much can they squeeze out of their offense. And, you know, if their offense doesn't turn the ball over and their defense does generate turnovers, generally it's a pretty close to winning formula for both of these teams. And that's kind of what we're looking at here, right? Okay, with no Cole Komet, no DJ Moore. I don't think we're expecting this Bears offense to go take on a top 10 defense like the Falcons and put up 35 points and win a shootout. This game is feels more like, okay, Bears defense can keep up with and hold down a mediocre Falcons offense. And then the Bears offense just needs to do enough to, to outscore an offense that that their team should be holding down to a low point total. That's why yesterday on Crossover Thursday, we talked with Aaron Freeman from Lockdown Falcons about how, yeah, maybe expecting a little bit more of a lower scoring ugly type of game. The thing about the Falcons offense is that they have some really scary, impressive weapons that they largely, I don't want to say they don't know how to use, but they just haven't been able to consistently use effectively. Like, I don't think Arthur Smith is like actually stupid. Like he knows B. John Robinson is one of the best young running backs in the NFL. He knows that Kyle Pitts is one of the most athletically gifted, best young tight ends in the NFL. And he knows that Drake London is a six foot four, 220 pound prototype, number one type of body wide receiver on the outside. Like he doesn't, he doesn't not realize that those are valuable, important, good players. They just, for whatever reason, have a lot of trouble consistently getting the ball to them and putting them in positions to actually make plays with their offense. And a lot of that, maybe you can blame on the quarterback performances that we've seen. But I think when it comes to like how many times Bijan Robinson gets the ball, the play caller decides how many times they're handing it off to the running back. And like, that's something that's a little bit more 
within their control. And we still don't see them consistently give the ball to B. John Robinson. So I don't know exactly how to diagnose the problem for the Falcons there. But what I do know is from the Bears perspective, like all three of those guys are playmakers who scare you and can beat you. So you got to focus on them, like whether or not the Falcons figure out how to get the ball to them or not. You got to make sure that you are ready for them and keying in on them and making everyone else on this offense beat you because the Falcons haven't been able to consistently beat other teams without getting the likes of Robinson and Pitts and London heavily involved in the offense. We heard yesterday from Aaron Freeman from Lockdown Falcons on the podcast, like the Falcons are going to want to run the ball. They're going to want to take the pressure off of Taylor Heineke as much as possible and not ask Taylor Heineke to have to do too much. So then, of course, from the Bears perspective, you got to stop the run and you got to make Taylor Heineke do as much as possible to beat you, like make this quarterback beat you and specifically like make him beat you by throwing the ball to players not named Drake London, Kyle Pitts and B. John Robinson. I don't mean to overlook their second tight end. Jonu Smith is, is also very good and is a, is a threat and is a, is a real weapon, but Again, Pitts scares you more, and you can't shut down everybody all at once. Three guys is already a lot. But to, like to me, the plan, like, like step number one is load up the box. Like, stop the running game. Stop B. John Robinson. Because even throwing to Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Jonah Smith, I don't fully trust Taylor Heineke to be the guy who can stay in the pocket, avoid the pressure, step up and deliver consistent, you know, downfield throwing to work his way down the field and score a bunch of points on this Chicago Bears offense defense so stop the run first and foremost get them into longer down and distance situations where Heineke has to throw and all of a sudden you, you feel like you're in a much better position defensively the Falcons offense because because Joni Smith and Kyle Pitts are both really effective tight ends and because they don't really have any wide receivers that scare you besides Drake London they run a lot of like two tight end sets a lot of two running back sets a lot of three tight end sets like this is not a team that's heavy in the you know, spreading you out with three or four wide receivers type plays. Now, that doesn't mean they don't put their tight ends at wide receivers. They might spread you out formationally, but personnel-wise, they're a much heavier offensive personnel team. You're not going to see a a lot of traditional wide receivers. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to see Kyle Pitts plays a lot of wide receiver. And Johnny Smith plays a decent amount of wide receiver too. But like, this is a game where, the Bears are likely to match that with a lot more base personnel. Jack Sanborn likely going to play a lot more with three linebackers out there instead of Kyler Gordon. Doesn't mean they won't still have plenty of situations where they're in nickel and have Kyler Gordon out there, but I think you're going to see the Falcons try and load things up, try and get more of those three linebackers on the field, and then try and make their tight ends beat your linebackers in coverage and think that that's a mismatch for them, which may be true when it's Jack Sanborn and maybe TJ Edwards, but I'd like to think Tremaine Edmonds can keep up with the likes of John New Smith and maybe even Kyle Pitts, not every time, but physically can keep up with those guys. When you, when you look at how they're used, Kyle Pitts plays about 75% of his snaps at wide receiver and about 25% at tight end. Like he's mostly in the slot, sometimes wide, but only it's like basically think of it as like 25% outside wide receiver, 25% inline tight end, 50% slot receiver. That's rough numbers oversimplification of how Kyle Pitts is used. So he's he's basically like a wide receiver, but they do use him in a lot of blocking situations. So like you can't totally treat him purely like a wide receiver because they'll still load up with two or three tight ends in line and get really heavy personnel and try and run it down your throat. So you want to respond to that with linebackers. But I also don't think Pitts has been that great of a blocker this season. Like he's 
And it's kind of like Rob Tanyan where it's like, yeah, he can get a hand on somebody and get in the way, but he's not going to grab onto you and drive you 10 yards downfield and blow open the point of attack. Like he's more like a fill in on the backside and make sure you don't screw it up completely kind of guy. And honestly, like John Smith is not that great of a blocker either, but you still have to be ready. Like loading up personnel is still personnel. You can't put these guys are six foot four plus 240 plus pound people. You can't put a, a small cornerback against them in the running game and expect that they're not going to be able to move the ball on the ground fairly consistently. Even John Smith plays about 50% of the time out at receiver and not just purely in line tight end. Like if you think about like compared to Cole Komet, Komet's about 60% tight end, 40% receiver. John Smith's like 50-50 and Pitts is like 25% tight end, 75% receiver. But if the Bears are playing more base defense to counteract two and three tight end sets and two running back sets, that tends to mean more base defense means more zone defense, not as much man coverage there, which I think plays well into what the Bears want to do against Taylor Heineke anyway. Like when you want to test him with those zones over the middle of the field to see if he can properly read what zone it is. Like man coverage is kind of man coverage. You read man, you see everyone's in man. There aren't a lot of different variations of man coverage. Obviously the deep safeties or whatever, but like if you, if your receiver is being covered in man coverage, no matter where he is on the field, you kind of know that's the guy that's covering him. Whereas with zones, you got to figure out what zone it is based on the zone which players are in what zones and when your receiver runs through that area, who's going to be covering him and how to throw the ball within that. Like that's sort of the, the challenge there. Right. And we've seen, we've seen Tyler, Taylor Heineke struggle a little bit working the, the, like the intermediate areas of the field, especially I think against zone, like this, this Falcons passing offense with Heineke is a lot of curls and check downs. It's, it's, it's all over the field. It'll be curls to the left, curls to the right, curls over the middle of the field, but it's run, Seven yards, turn around, face the quarterback, quick time and get the ball to him. And if that's not open, check it down to the running back in the flat or sometimes the tight end running to the flat or whatever it is. That That's the majority. It's not like the plurality, but it's the most often where you're going to see them throw the ball. They'll, they'll do a lot of other things, but like that's kind of what they like to go to. They'll take some deep shots in there as well. But but it tends to all be a little bit more underneath stuff or or all the way vertical. And it's it's that intermediate areas, you know, the deep crossing routes, the digs, and sometimes the deep outs that he just doesn't have quite the juice to be able to get the ball to, where you're going to be able to get your hands on a Taylor Heineke pass. The Bears will get their hands on a Taylor Heineke pass in this game. Whether they catch it and make it an interception, different story, but they will get their hands on a Heineke pass. He's only thrown one pick this season, but he has thrown a number of dropped interceptions this season and plays that should have been picked off for whatever reason. And so you're going to get a shot at one or two, and that's what then you can give the ball back to your offense with good field position and try and convert some of those and help make the job a little bit easier when you don't have Cole Komet and, and Darnell Mooney. And honestly, like, again, not worried about other wide receivers, not named Drake London. I, again, I think Jalen Johnson can handle him, and I'm not super worried about the rest of the Falcons offense. So, like, it seems to me just, like, clamp down the Falcons offense. Shouldn't be impossible because they're mediocre. And then put your put your own Bears offense in some better positions to try and make their life easier without Komet Mooney. And you should be able to, you know, start to plan your way to a Bears victory. That comes down a lot of times to just winning your one-on-one matchups on both sides of the ball. And we'll go to where some of the most pivotal head-to-head battles will be on Sunday next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. DoorDash is a delivery service that'll bring you all of your favorites right to your door. Whether it's your groceries to keep you from having to make the whole trip through the grocery store, they'll you pick what you want. They'll bring them right to your door. They can do any sort of like convenience store goods like Walgreens, CVS, 
and also supporting your favorite restaurants in your area, especially local restaurants that might not have their own built-in delivery. DoorDash can go get those for you and bring them right to your door. It's especially handy, I think, in the sort of like post-holidays days here where you're kind of finishing up your leftovers and you don't really feel like cooking so much. And man, when you can have something brought to your door that also supports a local business in your area, it's a great win-win for everyone involved. So get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter in our promo code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, don't forget that promo code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. The Lockdown Bears podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. You're running out of time to play with FanDuel this season, but they've got a great offer to get you in on the action now. If you place any $5 money line bet, you bet $5 straight up on any team to win. If you win, you'll get your winnings for your $5 bet, and then FanDuel will give you $150 in bonus bets just for getting that $5 bet correct. So it's a great way to... Capitalize on your football knowledge. Place just all you gotta do is put five dollars down, and you're gonna have more than 150 dollars to play with at FanDuel right now. Falcons at Bears. The money line for that is Bears minus 158. If you bet the Bears straight up, or Falcons plus 134. A five dollar bet on one of those. Make your bet right. Boom, 150 dollars to play with, and you can bet on anything with those 150 bonus bets. So check it out for yourself. Get those bonus bets before the season runs out. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and finish off this NFL season on a strong note. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The Bears have to win some key one-on-one matchups in order to come away with a victory against the Atlanta Falcons. We've talked about some of the big name players in this game and generally where they might go. But I think there's a couple other like slightly underlying matchups here that don't get quite the same attention, but I think will go a long way in a game like this. Like for example, on this Falcons offensive line, first of all, all four of their five starters in the offensive line are on the injury report. They've all been limited at practice all week. Uh, their both offensive tackles have been limited with a knee injury. And then their right guard and their center have both been limited with an ankle injury. So most of that offensive line, at the very least, is not going to be 100%. I'm kind of assuming that they're all practicing on a limited basis, that they should be good to play on Sunday. I'm not anticipating a, a giant hole missing on that offensive line, but a banged-up offensive line nonetheless. Obviously, I think if I'm the Falcons, I'm going to be focusing a lot on Montez Sweat versus both of my injured offensive tackles. But to me, I look then, okay, if they're going to use their tight ends a lot and the running backs a lot to probably help on Sweat versus those tackles, then I look to the interior. For a guy like Jervon Dexter, who has been hot, who's been playing well, growing, taking steps forward, generating good pressure in really the last handful of games, seems like consecutively. And I also feel like some of the weakness of the Falcons offensive line is is on the interior. Their center, Drew Dahlman, who again mentioned is limited with an injury. He's just been kind of okay to me. He was a fourth round pick uh, a couple of years ago, I think 2021, and he's just average to below average. And then their left guard is a rookie. Someone we talked about a lot in the pre-draft process, Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. And he's been he's been okay. I mean, rookie second round pick. You don't expect him to come in and be a pro bowler right away, but he's not he's not terrible. But I think like those two guys, left guard and center, are kind of where I, f- I see the weaker links on this Falcons offensive line. So 
Let's see Jervon Dexter go out and have another big game. Like, again, with all the focus on Montez Sweat, you should see more one-on-ones then for Dexter and, and Justin Jones and Andrew Billings. Like, those guys are a part of this interior pass rush for sure and need to step up and play well in this game, sure. But I want to see Jervon Dexter eat on that interior. Get that pressure in Taylor Heineke's face, and he's not going to be able to do a lot about it there. Because we can kind of expect Sweat will get some of his pressure. Like, yeah, they're going to focus on him. They won't. You know, they won't shut him down completely, but maybe he won't dominate, and that's fine. But if Dexter and Billings and Jones can get some of the pressure, especially like that center-left guard side, I think their their right guard, Chris Lindstrom, is much better comparatively. That's where I, I, th- I see a big matchup for the Bears to need to take advantage of. Another one for this Bears defense. You know, we didn't talk a lot about Drake London being, you know, the kind of, he's their number one receiver, and the other, other receivers are really very little threat. It's Van Jefferson, uh, Mac Hollins, uh, Kaderil Hodge and Scotty Miller. Some of those names you may have heard of from fantasy, but none of them have been producing at all this season. So if I'm the Falcons, I would like my number one receiver, Drake London, away from Jalen Johnson. And that's how most teams have tried to play Jalen Johnson this season is go after Tyreek Stevenson. Tyreek Stevenson is one of the most targeted players in coverage this season, whereas Jalen Johnson on a per snap basis is one of the least targeted players in coverage this season. And so I think the Falcons are going to go after Tyreek Stevenson with Drake London and sometimes Kyle Pitts and sometimes Jonah Smith. Like it's not an all or nothing thing, but Tyreek Stevenson has the third most targets of any player in the NFL this season. I think per coverage snap, he's the most targets per coverage snap. I don't have that stat in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that is the case. So Drake London is six foot four, 220 odd, some odd pounds. Like he's a big physical wide receiver. Maybe he's listed at 213 on the website I'm looking at right now, but still he's got length. He's got size. Tyreek Stevenson has some too. So this is not going to be a bully ball type matchup, but it is something you just want to make sure you're, you know, you're on top of if you're the Bears and make sure that you're not putting him in too many difficult positions or trying to, you know, get him really like stressed too hard. Like, cause you know, you're not going to try and like double team Drake London all game. So if they're going to scheme up everything and throw it right at Tyreek Stevenson, are you leaving him in just one-on-one physical matchups against a six, four receiver or, you know, are you zoning things off and letting him pass some things off sometimes? And you know, how, how do you try and balance that with Stevenson is a big question that the Bears need to make sure that that matchup isn't being exploited too much or that you're not overlooking Kyle Pitts or Jonu Smith in trying to focus too much on Drake London. Just how the Bears want DJ Moore on the rookie Falcons cornerback, Greg, or excuse me, Clark Phillips. The Falcons want Drake London against the Bears rookie cornerback. Simple enough to kind of anticipate that. On the, on the other side with this Bears offense, I look on this Bears offensive line in a similar kind of space as the Falcons do. Like, I think the best Falcons pass rusher this season, like on a per-snap basis, it's probably David Onyemata. Uh, I mean, Calais Campbell is also very good, but like, as far as one-on-one matchups go, they move Calais Campbell everywhere. He's played edge rusher all the way into nose tackle and everything in between. Like literally like last game, I think against the Colts, he played like a season high number of nose tackle snaps, but he plays primarily like outside linebacker defensive end, like on the edge, but he can play nose tackle. He does everything for them. So like, it's not so much like they're going to find a one-on-one matchup and send Campbell at him over and over again. He's the kind of the, the, the versatile weapon on the defensive line. They put him wherever they need to, to kind of make everything else work with everybody else. But David Onyemeta has been more consistently generating pressure up front and he plays more of that, you know, like 3-4 defensive end type spot. So he's going to go up against the guards, Cody Whitehair and Nate Davis. He plays both sides, rotates between the two. But, like, think Akeem Hicks in recent years. Not that they're the same skill set exactly, but that type of role that the Bears will be facing. In his first game back, Cody Whitehair, I thought, played pretty well. 
against the Cardinals there. Although, as, as we talked about earlier, Tevin Jenkins is practicing, so maybe he'll be out of protocol and good to go to start back at left guard. If so, feel pretty good about that one. And then it's Nate Davis at right guard that, you know, you want to watch out for. But again, it's not that I'm worried about the Bears absolutely blowing that matchup, but it's like, hey, one-on-ones that the Bears need to win and stay on top of, that one will also be important. And, and real quick, I'll throw in one more. The Falcons have another kind of jack-of-all-trades, versatile player behind them. Richie Grant plays some safety, plays some outside linebacker, plays some inside linebacker, plays some slot, kind of rotates all over that defense, kind of like a star, you know, the, the star position in college defense is sometimes what they call it. You just are like a hybrid linebacker safety who can kind of do a little bit of everything. Him versus Khalil Herbert is going to be fun to watch because Richie Grant is moves well. Like he's, he's not a big safety, but he's pretty fast. He's six foot, 200 pounds. Like he's not humongous, but he gets, he gets around well. So he can keep up generally with Herbert from a speed standpoint, but Richie Grant is among the league leaders in missed tackles by safeties this season. I think he's got 15 so far this season in about 15 games. He gets at least one per game and it's, you know, tackling has been an issue for their linebacker a little bit too. So with Herbert, Seemingly getting back up to speed and running really well against the Cardinals and looking healthy again and, and explosive. I want to see him break a few tackles from Richie Grant and these Cardinals linebackers and have another big game in the ground. I think it's important that we don't underestimate this Falcons defense that is playing very well because it's going to be a challenge for this Bears offense, but the Bears, Bears defense needs to step up and shut down a Falcons offense that isn't super great either. And that's how you start to get to another Bears victory now in week 17. God, it feels weird to say that. We're running out of games to break down for you here on the Locked On Bears podcast. Only one more left after this. Got to keep tuning in to get your Bears fixed while you still can because the regular season will be over before you know it. And then we're going to miss having Bears football on Sunday. So subscribe to the podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. Coming back on Monday as we'll recap Whatever happens in Bears-Falcons on Sunday. And then we'll get ready for the last regular season game of the season. And then before you know it, we'll be in off-season mode, which is still going to be here five days a week. But we're talking a lot of off-season storylines that we've been intentionally not getting too deep in because we still have regular season football ahead of us. So hope you have a happy New Year's weekend. Hopefully a good Bears game to go with it. And I hope even over the weekend, you're still able to find some time to bear down.